Hey everybody, you're listening to Table Talks with New Directions, the Domestic Violence Shelter and Rape Crisis Center of Knox County. We hope that listening to this podcast gives you an inside look into the world of domestic and sexual violence. Throughout these episodes, you will hear from advocates, preventionists, community partners, and even from survivors themselves. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Table Talks. Um, Today, I have a very special guest, someone who occasionally makes an appearance in my podcast, but we have Bailey Sapp with us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am actually just going to throw it over to her to tell you what exactly her role is within New Directions and kind of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So my name is Bailey. Um, I'm the shelter and housing coordinator here at New Directions. So what that means is I kind of oversee the operations of our residential side of our programming. So um, I oversee the residential staff that work in our shelters, um, our shelter advocate that provides the majority of case management to survivors seeking shelter. And the other part of my role is I provide the housing case management for both residential and non-residential survivors. So clients who are here in shelter um, that are needing to relocate. I provide case management and housing resources and referrals for them. Similarly to survivors who maybe aren't wanting shelter or don't feel like they need that and are just wanting to safety plan and relocate due to domestic or sexual violence, I can also help them um, navigate obtaining housing assistance and things like that. So in short, that's kind of both pieces of my role is overseeing shelter operations and being a point person for housing um, along with all of the other things yes. <laughs> yes. that come with being an advocate as for sure um, on call and you know meeting with survivors um, and things like that so that's kind of what I do so basically uh, Bailey is busy constantly <laughs> just a little um, and it's it's really cool to see and like to hear I know obviously we're two floors away from one another yes. in our building but um on the rare occasion that we do get to sit down like this and mm-hmm. talk about your role, mm-hmm. I'm always really like intrigued and I just yeah. like that your role is so important, oh. especially when I feel like we're talking about like people's transitions out of shelter and yeah. you know acquiring that yeah. housing piece. I mean, there's so many barriers to leaving and I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of what advocates do is try to help reduce those barriers, but um, that basic need of having a place I think yeah. is really important and a lot of times just that can fix so many issues that that Mm -hmm. client might be facing, um, just a difference in environment. So I'm super passionate about housing and relocation and and making sure our shelter programming is efficient and effective Mm -hmm. um, because it's very brave to try to leave. And we want it to feel like a supportive environment um, that works Mm -hmm. for people. So Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell you're passionate as well. (laughs) You can tell. Um, So... I told you a little bit before we hit record about kind of like the purpose of these podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're doing our social marketing in December, the focus is really on kind of reflecting on the past year, seeing as how we're unbelievably so moving into 2024, (laughs) which like is both exciting, but a little bit scary as Mm -hmm. well. Um, So we're going to be asking someone or someones from each kind of capacity of our work Mm -hmm. to share successes um, associated with your area of focus, um, whether it be direct service or housing or shelter. Um, So although you may not be able to necessarily speak to 
direct service as a whole, mm-hmm. maybe more so focused on your area specifically. Um, what's a success that you've seen throughout 2023? Gosh, yeah. Well, our agency's had a lot of transitions in 2023, specifically um, with moving our buildings, right? Mm -hmm. So we had gone from a separate shelter and admin space over to, uh, well, for example, my office was always in our shelter and Mm -hmm. all of our residential offices were in our shelter location. Um, I think you guys were used to being separate from that over at the admin building. Our residential staff was not. We always were based in the shelter. So moving to one admin space and moving our residential staff offices to that admin space um, was a huge transition that I think took a lot of like thinking through but has ultimately been very successful Um, and we didn't ever stop providing services obviously I can't speak to prevention side Mm -hmm. but you guys didn't either right so no one ever stopped providing services whether that was um, direct or you know education preventative services Mm -hmm. while we were going through that transition so We also moved shelter spaces. So we went from having a shelter space that included residential offices to having two separate shelter sites that do not include residential offices that our residential staff have to go to in order to engage with clients. And that in itself was a huge transition that I think took a lot of prep to navigate successfully, Mm -hmm. Um, which ultimately I do feel very um, proud of the way that we were able to navigate because during the time of that transition when we knew that our original shelter building was going to ultimately stop operation and then we would be starting operation in our other space, we still had people, right, in that initial shelter space. So it was really important for um, our residential staff and myself to make sure those stays didn't feel rushed, that those clients felt like they got their needs met. Mm -hmm. And we had a really cool understanding group of people um, that really worked hard to navigate their own situations um, and be able to exit successfully without Mm -hmm. having to move. Because the other thing with shelter is like, you move in once, right? You, you leave your you leave your situation, you move into the shelter, you bring what you have or you know what little you might have and acquire some like more things while you're yeah. in shelter. Yeah. So the idea of moving again is not ideal for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and it was my goal that we wouldn't make that transition more difficult on survivors than it already was, right? Definitely. So um, they were awesome and were able to successfully exit shelter and we were still able to provide shelter at our other space without a gap in services so Mm -hmm. there weren't clients that were seeking shelter that we denied due to our shelter space being inoperable we always were able to serve survivors needing to flee um and i think that that took a lot of i mean it it was it was messy sometimes right like Mm -hmm. our our shelter that we were moving into it, you don't know what you need until someone is living in yeah. it. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think we can say that about, you know, our office too. I mean, mm-hmm. like you don't know what you need until you're in it. So there were some things that we had to be kind of quick on our feet about providing for the new space um, and making sure that the survivors moving into that new space that had never been occupied before had their needs met, right? Yeah. Um, all while we're exiting, you know, survivors from our other shelter. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
I think up front that thought was really scary. Yeah. Um, and the idea of trying to help clients potentially move again to a new space um, in order to feel like they had the amount of time they needed to exit um, was nerve wracking for me. And it ended up being that that wasn't necessary for them, that it worked out really smoothly, that we were able to bring um, new shelter residents into our new uh, emergency shelter space while also maintaining services for our initial our old yeah. shelter space um and with again without a gap in services but also without a gap in like advocacy or case management either mm -hmm. like in the midst of that move survivors were always the focus i think on both our prevention and our Definitely. direct service side um that's why we're here mm -hmm. so we didn't want survivors to feel like it was an extra barrier our transitions right yeah. we wanted to make sure that we were still available in the ways that we needed to be and i do feel like for the most i mean it's come with challenges mm -hmm. but i do feel like we did successfully make that transition we're still learning you know what we need for our new spaces and mm -hmm. um the ways to make those equipped for the needs of our clients but I do really feel like that was a huge um, success as far as, you know, speaking specifically for the residential side, that we didn't have a break in being able to provide a safe space for people to go. Yeah. And I think that's something too. I mean, <clears throat> survivors are, are the sole focus for mm -hmm. everybody who works here, yes. whether you're an advocate, prevention staff, admin assistant, anyone really. Yeah. Um, survivors are the center of our work and I I mean I have distinct memories actually of like sitting in meetings throughout mm -hmm. the transition and everyone just being so intentional about okay well we have people yeah. in shelter right now yes. so what does this look like for them yeah and like it was so I think powerful feels like such a cheesy word <laughs> <laughs> to use like for lack of a better one like it was so powerful to see, like, you really advocate for, like, hey, all right, this is all super great and exciting yeah. and awesome and lovely, but let's go back here yeah. for a second, you know, and yeah, I just think that's so important because you could tell that that, that thought of, you know, okay, but what does this look like over mm -hmm. here never left yeah. your brain or you know, yeah. staff's brain. And I think something super cool about our team is that like we all have such different strengths. So like thinking about a strategic transition of like moving, my brain doesn't like that. <laughs> I struggle with that, right? So we need those people that are able to think efficiently about what does this mean for staff? What does it mean for, because alternatively, like with the transition of shelter, we still wanted to have a site that survivors could walk into and receive services. Mm -hmm. So... There's also, you know, like in the midst of all of that, we were packing offices while clients were still living in the shelter. That's kind of hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it did feel weird. And also the transition of um, our residential offices being in our admin space and us having to go to the shelter sites, that's different. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of thought, I think, put in, you know, to what that transition would look like. But uh, going back to, you know, we all have got different strengths on our team. And I think that we are also survivor focused, but the idea of like being in residential every day and, and being in the shelter, like it was hard for me not to constantly circle back of mm -hmm. like, okay, so how can we make this, you know, effective and efficient for them, but also yeah. for us, because we've all got roles and, you know, things that we're needing to do um, to serve our community. So, and, and overall, I'm really happy 
happy with. Like we have this space now that I think feels inviting and warm. Mm -hmm. And I think we really have got to a place where we're doing a good job at um, making those transitions effective. So, you know, it's different now to go out to our shelter site and engage. Mm -hmm. I think that we've been really, you know, like strategic and uh, thinking of how our best, what is best practice as far as engagement. We used to just be in the same building with yeah. the survivors that we served in shelter. Um, so, you know, what does that routine look like and what does it mean for them that are staying there? And um yeah, but I, yeah, overall, I do think that's been a very successful part of the year because a lot was building on the move. Like, yeah, <laughs> there was sure. a lot put into for it. For sure. Um, and then when it came right up to it, it was like, oh, all right, this is happening. This like, is real. This yeah. is our current, this is our present. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I even remember, I mean, <clears throat> my office is, mm-hmm. so you were based at Shelter. Yes. My office was based at our admin space. Yes. I mean, but we would have people come into admin to meet with advocates. And I mean, I remember packing our admin offices Mm -hmm. and you'd walk around the corner with a, with a box and there'd be someone waiting to meet with them. So, I mean, we truly did not stop throughout the entire transition no, ever, which I think is such a great thing. Um, So given the fact Speaking of transitions, yes. so our admin space transitioned to this bigger, mm-hmm. more open, welcoming space at 212 North Main Street. Yeah. Um, our shelter has transitioned mm-hmm. to, um, you would mentioned, two additional yes. spaces, still undisclosed spaces. Yeah. Um, what are some successes, speaking from going from one shelter space yeah. to two, what are some successes you see maybe either that occurred in 2023 or you see potentially happening in the future with that alone. Absolutely. Well, so again, I think transitioning into the new shelter without a gap in services was a a huge success. Um, The other thing being that now having more shelter space, having two locations, we are more equipped to serve survivors who have, you know, complex and unique needs, right? So yeah, of course, I think that's going to result in us um, not having to deny based on space as often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think, going to be different because our shelter capacity has has basically doubled, um, which in turn provides a higher need for like a higher level of services, right? Like yeah. we want to make sure we're being intentional about because the shelter sites are separate as well. So we want to be intentional about um, maintaining presence at both shelter sites and. Uh, being able to do the best that we can of being effective and just making sure that we're giving um, effort, equal effort into both spaces um, yeah. when people are are staying there. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, I mean, I remember when we kicked off the, I think that it was the capital campaign, when we kicked oh off gosh. the capital uh-huh. campaign forever ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about how you know, this capital campaign would help us obtain a new admin space yes. and all that stuff. And I mean, just, it's been so cool and I'm so proud to be a part of an organization that, you know, if we say we're going to increase our capacity, mm-hmm. we do that. Yeah. And we have done that. I yeah. think whether it's, you know, prevention services or serving survivors directly and offering yeah. housing. I mean, thinking of these these spaces that will be available or are available um, for clients. I mean, 
when you've got double the space, yeah. how can you not serve double the people? I know. And I, I think even back further, right, outside of this past year, if you think of the past five years, like the way that we've grown as far as staff and yeah. our ability to serve. Um, and I think we'll continue to grow, right? I mean, a little bit down the line, we might determine we need more residential staff. And I think that it's really cool to be a part of an agency where when we come to our leadership team and say, hey, I think that we need this in order to best serve. Um, those thoughts don't just like land nowhere, they are heard. And I think yep. that when, it might take time, but I think that when um, we're asked, you know, what do you need to best do your job? I do really feel like there's follow through. So I think if we get to a place where um, in this transition, we were like, oh my gosh, we didn't think of this and how good it yeah. would be to have this. I mean, I know we're already talking about upping our youth advocacy to have a residential component, which is something we've sort of kind of had, but with the two spaces, it's gonna be so important that we're meeting the needs of those kiddos, right? That we're serving the families because families have complex needs too, right? Yeah. So just taking uh, experiences and circumstances into consideration and then determining how we can best meet those needs. I think that with the new space, um, all the new spaces, we're more equipped to do that. Um, and I'm really excited about what that's gonna look like. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really see there being are already having been a lot of growth and yeah. leading to even more, right? Yeah. So I think it's really exciting. It is really exciting. I'm really excited for it and I'm, you know, very proud of I'm proud of all of our staff. I'm proud of our mm -hmm. advocates. I'm proud of you for just I feel like you always at least from a third party perspective, <laughs> you always handle things so seamlessly yeah. and just you can tell that you <laughs> really seems you like can, that. <laughs> you tell you can tell you really have a passion and you're really you are really excited to see um just even more of these transitions unfold. Um speaking of growing, mm -hmm. I do actually I Maybe we should plug in here. We are hiring for a yeah, shelter advocate. We are. Um, I don't Absolutely. know. I feel like I'm kind of putting you on the spot with no, this one. But totally kind okay. of off the top of your head, are you able to share a little bit about what that role would entail? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the shelter advocate position is the, the primary role for our, our shelter location, right? So they um, this person would do like the assessments and intakes for shelter. If there were shelter requests, they would kind of be funneled through that person. Um, they would be the ones supporting those people transitioning into shelter and having a hands-on um, level of case management for getting their needs met. So uh, the difference in the roles is I work primarily with the survivors regarding housing. The shelter advocate um, provides those re resources and referrals for kind of all other levels, right? So if um, families coming in needing are needing food assistance or clothing, um, they have goals to be, you know, get employment, um, whatever that looks like for, for how that survi survivor determines what would be successful for them, that shelter advocate would work to support them. Um, there's also going to be like a level of engagement in the shelter as far as groups, providing groups in shelter, providing activities in shelter. Um, I think we're really looking for somebody that is uh, easy to engage with and yeah. warm and um, doesn't have a difficult time meeting new people and really can meet people where they're at because obviously we have people coming from all different walks of life um, and having someone that's able to be versatile in that way and really see people and what they're needing 
Mm -hmm. um, I think is a huge requirement for the role um, upon the other credentials that are, are needed, yes. which you can see the job <laughs> posting. But yes, And we're definitely. also looking for some night and weekend staff. So alternatively, we have evening and weekend staff um, that are here on site at our admin office as well and go to our shelter locations just to check in on residents in the evening time, see if they need anything. Um, great position for like a college student, mm -hmm. um, somebody who's just wanting kind of like a part-time gig. Um, it's we try to keep it pretty chill. It's a good time. So yeah, if you have any interest, there's um, you can see the job postings on our social media mm -hmm. um, and who the contact person would be to uh, show interest in those. Yeah, definitely. With internal transitions and all that exciting stuff, it does leave us needing some more support, awesome absolutely. people and support to join our team. So Which is exciting. Very exciting, yes. So Bailey, I just want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat about your role and your success and what you're looking forward to in 2024. And also, as always, I just want to thank everyone who tuned in um, for just kind of hanging out, learning a little bit about Bailey and about New Directions. So as always, um, we're going to be having some kind of successes promoted on our social media in December. So feel free to check those out and just keep up to date with what we have going on. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.